Welcome to That's What She Did. This is one of your hosts, T, along with Michelle Talbert, and we're coming to you every day during the month of March to bring you these stories of inspiring everyday Wonder Women that you've probably never heard of. So grab a mimosa and buckle in. We're about to begin. Hey, T, how are you doing? I'm good, Michelle. How are you? <laughs> I'm really well. I am doing well. I'm, I'm actually excited to jump right into today's episode. So tell me what's going on in your world. <laughs> I'm just over here like cracking up at myself because we were talking for like a whole five minutes and I thought we were recording. <laughs> yeah, and that's you're like, like oh. uh, are you going to press record? <laughs> like, that, that would be good. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which our listeners are probably like, well, dang, she's just going to jump right into the episode. <laughs> yeah, because we've been talking. Yes. For All right. That would be my fault. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It is totally fine. It is totally fine. I think our listeners are going to want me to jump right into this one as well. Anyway, I'm Michelle Talbert. And I'm Tangia Renee. And this is another episode of That's What She Did. Yes, where we bring you the stories of everyday Wonder Women, badass Wonder Women, princess warriors and warriors and, and samurais and the Dora Milaje. Oh yeah, baby. Yeah, so I have been waiting for this yeah. one, Michelle. When we were, were you know, doing... Um, pre-production yeah. What I, like before, yeah pre-production you were like I'm gonna do the door melange and I was like Ooh, yeah, yes do that do that yes <laughs> we have to we have to for the most part this month we've been highlighting individual women you know we did the Ona Bogisha um, yep. is that the right pronunciation we did the Ona Bogisha um, <laughs> now we are going to do another grouping of women and listeners you may be thinking hey I saw Black Panther, Dora Milaje is a fictional group of women. And they They're are. with us. There is, there's a method to our madness here. Yes, yes. <laughs> As you know, we are highlighting actual women who have walked the planet or are currently walking the planet. And that is no different because the Dora Milaje, as some of you may know and some of you may not know, the Dora Milaje are an all-female, all-women grouping of warriors who protect the king of Wakanda, which is a fictional Marvel-created, Stanley-created in 1966 comic. And for most people on a planet, you know that the movie Black Panther came out in February of 2018. Hopefully you heard something about it yeah, right now. You may have even seen it once or 10 times. Um, if you're like a lot of us, you've seen it at <laughs> least once and not on bootleg. We don't play that bootleg stuff. Um, but at any rate, so the Dora Milaje are all women uh, warriors who protect the king. And they are the most elite, the top of the top, think Secret Service of the um, United States mixed with our top like Navy SEALs um, put together. And so that's who the Dora Milaje are in this fictional world of Wakanda, which is a fictional African nation. But in the movie and in the comics, they take bits and pieces of real life, real world history. But here's a little bit of an interesting piece. Before I get to talk about the Dahomey Amazons, who they are actually based on, I want to tell you about the original Dora Milaje. The original Dora Milaje first appeared, this is a little bit of comic nerddom, so bear with me, and I'm not a comic nerd at all, but I thought this was fascinating. 
The original Dora Milaje showed up by a man named Christopher Priest who wrote for Marvel and wrote Black Panther and he started writing Black Panther's comic in 1998. The original two Dora Milaje who protected the king were based on Tyra Banks and Naomi Campbell. I did did not know that. You just blew me away. (laughs) Exactly. And the original Dora Milaje had long hair and wore high heels, but they were Tyra and Naomi originally in 1998. And then over time, through various iterations, they evolved. I'm not going to get into all of that because, again, they are actually fictional characters. However, um, you know, they ended up with the shaved heads. They ended up with their storyline changing a bit. They were at one point uh, envisioned as sort of the forces by which the, the king would also choose among for his wife. Um, They took that out of the storyline, again, trying to keep them strong and powerful and not just looked at as, you know, some fighting concubines, right? Mm -hmm. So these are things to think about. And the reason that I'm saying this now is because when you listen to this episode, it's quite possible that you have already listened to our episode on the African princess warrior Akwatune. And in that, I make a reference to how European ethos with regard to gender roles works its way into how some of the women are portrayed later on in the future, later on in in our our history, but their own future, right? So what I'm saying is that there were loads of African women who fought. Obviously, we had Japanese women who fought and were looked at exactly as male warriors. As respected as... Respected. The male counter. Intelligent. Yeah. Fighting fierce, fearless, whatever. And when the colonialism began to happen, and in the case of Aquatune, the Portuguese began to come in, they brought with them the ethos that women were inferior because their women were not allowed to work, not allowed to do a lot of things, and were looked at as inferior to them, but because they were white, were superior to us. So that ethos of women not being able to fight and not being able to, you know, they're they're these weak, not very smart damsels who need to be taken care of permeated from that European ethos where they still put their women who did nothing. And I I say that because that's was the fact in that time um, ahead of our women, above our women, just because they were white even though our women were fighting side by side, shoulder to shoulder with men and being respected in those cultures. So I think it's very interesting to then think about fast forward to when they begin writing this comic. Now you have an American man who, who may be African-American, but it's, it doesn't matter because now he still has this internalized European ethos where he still writes about these women as still they'll end up being the king's wife. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. so that's why it was really important for Ryan Coogler and the folks who made the current iteration of Black Panther to not make these women as sexual objects in any type of way. Mm-hmm. So Nakia, no spoiler alert, but Nakia is not actually a member of the Dora Milaje. She's a spy on her own, in her own right, in right. her own standing. So that's a little bit of a mixture. It's sort of a mishmash because of how this comic works and how the movie worked. We know that we're pulling fictionalized ideas, but we're also pulling in real ideas. So let me get right into the Dahomey women from West Africa. They were dubbed the Dahomey, and that's D-A-H-O-M-E-Y, the Dahomey Amazons. 
by the French who were basing them that that moniker on Greek mythology, women warriors in Greek mythology. But again, as I've mentioned, these women were no myths; they were no fiction. They um, they came about in the Republic of Benin, and they emerged around the 17th century, so in the 1600s. Again, they were fighting side by side with men warriors. They were um, based on their their names are based on their weapons that they used and were expert in and their um, assignment within the unit. And I say that because the Dora Milaje and the Dahomey Amazons, they ended up being pulled from various tribes with the, the, the purpose being they would have no allegiance to any one specific geographic region and therefore could bond together to be stronger. And by taking their names from them, you can't trace where they came from. Like in Ghana, there are, to this day, you're born on a certain day of the week, your middle name is that day of the week, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's girl born on a Tuesday would be your middle name if you were born on Tuesday, obviously, in in their language. So they can't do that with with the Dahomey Amazons because their names are literally based on their weapons and their unit assignment. which makes them a stronger force that can't be infiltrated, which makes them better at protecting the king. And they fought fiercely during the transatlantic slave trade to protect the king in Benin and protect their their population from being sold into the transatlantic slave trade. Did you find out what, how they, what was the catalyst for them coming into beings. Like with, when we profiled the Ona Bugisha, mm-hmm. they, they formed at, in reaction to the queen taking up arms, or not the queen, the empress, mm-hmm. what it been called, um, taking up arms when her husband, the emperor, was killed in battle. So she took up arms. And then, so women followed suit. They were like, oh, there's the template. We're doing this now. Was right. it a similar situation? I didn't find anything on that. And I think part of the reason is that this goes back until like the 15th, 16th century in terms of having women fighting. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't find anything. I know that they began in the 17th century, but it didn't sound like they sprung up out of any particular action because it seems as though women were fighting side by side with men all along. It was just already part of their culture. Right. So, but they became this particular elite force. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that is in response to the transatlantic slave trade. So what I think was that these women were dispersed and were fierce fighters all throughout the different um, militia, but because they had this very specific force that they were fighting with the colonialism, that they then put them together. That's what I'm thinking, but I did not find anything that said that. But looking at the date and the timing of how they became this elite force, it makes sense, especially because they were tasked with fighting colonialism and fighting off right. um, poachers right. of human beings. Yeah, poachers of human beings. That now, is a disgusting thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the 19th century, over 4,000 women had gone through training and were among the ranks of the Dahomey Amazons. 
4,000. Wow, 4,000. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty badass. They were among, among the ranks. And one thing that I saw that one of my friends who is of Filipino descent, he had posted something that said, and it was interesting because, you know, clickbait headlines. The headline was something to the effect that the, the Dora Milaje were based on Filipino women warriors. Well, what it actually was, was some of the clothing in the movie was based on some clothing worn by Filipina um, women oh. who actually fought and were fighters, but it, it was just bringing parts of their 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 garb, their garments um, mm-hmm. to the to the costuming. But it was there was nothing specific about any type of warriors out of Filipina warriors um, that this was based on. It was about the the clothing that they wore was pulled from some Asian and Filipina and Filipino um, costuming. So it was really interesting. So the Dora Milaje are the homie Amazons for the most part, and a little bit of Tyra Banks and Naomi. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting to hear about how the fictional Dora Milaje mm-hmm. were um, formed and what they what was the template that was used to create them, and it, mm-hmm. the template was real life women that walked this earth and fought on this earth um, and were fierce leaders and respected. And again, written out of history at some point where someone along the way decided that that we don't talk about women this way. So we're just going to pretend that it didn't happen. Um, And this is intersectionality at its best, Yes, which is really means at its worst because what it is, it's your woman and you're of color. Mm-hmm. So because you're a woman, you're inferior. That was a European ethos. And now because you're black or a woman of color, you're even more inferior. Mm-hmm. Just because they treated their women a certain way. They then right. tried to have that permeate how we were treated. Right. I mean, it's, it's such a new, it's another story that's so nuanced, especially when you take into account the modern context of where we are in recognizing the contributions in the, and the rightful place of women in our society. Um, because all women have continually been written out of history and, and um, their significance just not recognized, yeah, minimized. Um, but what, as women of color, I think it becomes more acute to us in a lot of ways because of stories like this, because mm-hmm. we know of um, significant women of, of color who's, who have had to take a backseat to um, women that look European. I mean, I, and I think if we're talking about the Dora Milaje, it's a good, you know, counterpoint to talk about let's talk about Wonder Woman. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that movie came out in the same year, right? Earlier in the year. Oh, wait, did, no. Last year. It came last out last year, year because yeah. this one just came out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but two, sh- I, and I loved both movies. Really, I did. Um, but when I think about, like, the significance of that to me, when Wonder Woman came out, I was so excited about it because it was so good to see a female woman in the lead. Mm-hmm. And I had always, you know, as a little girl, been a fan of Wonder Woman because there weren't a lot of strong women cartoon characters sure. as a kid, right? There was sure. Wonder Woman. She-Ra. And, and there was She-Ra. <laughs> and that was it. They were both 
you know, Caucasian. Katara. Katara was a cheetah. <laughs> oh, that's right. I remember that. <laughs> um, so when Wonder Woman came out, it was exciting to me because right. I loved Wonder Woman as a, as a kid. Didn't. But it was like, but, but even as a little girl, I recognized that I was different than her. Right. And no one had to tell me that, right? No one had to say, you know, Wonder Woman is <laughs> like, you don't right. like her. And right. that's, you know, it's something that you internalize without words. People don't need right. to say these things to you to recognize it. And so I was excited for that. And I think that movie is significant for many reasons. But when um, Black Panther came out and I saw the, the Dora Milaje, these fictional characters in action, I was, I couldn't stop myself from thinking about all of the little girls Right, all the little girls of color, they're gonna watch that movie and they're gonna be part of the Dora Milaje for Halloween and they're gonna have like Dora Milaje parties, just like I had Wonder Woman birthday parties. And, and it's just, it's significant and it feels good to see yourself reflected exactly. in the culture. Exactly. So, <laughs> that's one of the many nuances of a story like this and why it's so important to talk about them. Well, one of the things that I read when I pulled it up is that there is actually, believe it or not, there is a test. It's called the Bechdel test, and it measures the substantiality of a film's female characters. Interesting. I've never heard of this Yes. Test. And there's a woman out of my alma mater for law school, University of Pennsylvania, um, Salima Shah Tillet is the professor's name. And there was something called the Bechdel test. And she said that Black Panther does not only just pass the test, but the scenes in which two or more women are talking to disagreeing with or fighting alongside each other without a man present are some of the movie's most riveting scenes and make it higher on this test. Um, additionally, wow. the movie going audience for Black Panther was made up of 45% women, which is a huge jump for most superhero movies. Yeah. Yeah. So it is, it's, it's something to be said. And I feel that there's a shift in 2018 in many ways with regard to women and our voices and speaking and being heard. And that's the work that I do around women and sharing their stories is just is so important that we tell the stories of the women who are no longer here to tell their stories and that we tell our own stories as women mm -hmm. as well. And that's why that's what she did is so important, I think, to the culture. Yeah, that's fascinating. I've never heard of the Bechdel test. Mm -hmm. And it, I would be interested to see some of my favorite movies. Right I now. know, like, you might I, not want to see what, Like, I might be a little yeah. sloppy about it. Yeah, <laughs> for some reason, the notebook is coming to mind. I'm like, really? Like, how's that look? The notebook. That's really interesting yeah. that, like, <laughs> when you mentioned the Bechdel test and what it measures, how so many movies and TV shows the women, the female characters don't speak to each other and they're only speaking to each other if it's in conflict. Like, right. And I noticed that recently in something I was watching and I was like, there's two women in this movie that are significant characters. Like, why aren't they talking to each other? They don't, they'll, they're in the same room in the same scene. <laughs> They're not, they're the only two characters not speaking to each other. It's That's weird. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you should check that movie on the Bechdel test and see yeah. what that, what, what's said about that. So that's Adora Milaje. That's the Dahomey Amazon. That is Naomi and Tyra. And yes. <laughs> 
That's exciting. That's what she did. That's what they did. It was fascinating. I'm glad that you brought that story. As soon as you told me you were going to do it, I was, I had to like stop myself from going to Google it. So I could, like, glad you did it. <laughs> so I didn't know. So I could learn along with everybody else. So right. I was very excited about it. So thank you for that. Thank you. And to our audience, I hope that was valuable profile for you. But, you know, like Michelle said, we want to hear your stories as well. Your stories are just as valuable as much as we want to tell um, the, and profile the women that have, that have been here, gone, you know, come and gone, women that are here as well. It's important for you to tell your story and to do your thing. Your story matters. So we invite you and in fact, encourage you to share those with us um, along with any feedback you have for us with about the show. And you can do that by shooting us an email at that's what she did podcast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. So don't forget to do that. Make sure you subscribe and sharing is caring. So let your friends know. Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) You just heard an episode of that's what she did bringing you stories of incredible women doing incredible things. Make sure you join us again tomorrow as we bring you the deets on another everyday Wonder Woman to inspire you on your journey. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Oh, and make sure you share it with your friends. Spread the love. Bye.